0: What is Shaktipat, and what does that have to do with the goddess in Hinduism named Shakti? And how do you connect the dots between that and what took place at the Grammys this year with the depiction of Satan in one of the performances? Find out on this episode of Revealing the True Light.
1: There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar, and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light.
0: What is Shaktipat? It is a powerful supernatural transference from a guru, from a yogi, a swami, to one of his disciples in order to give an instant experience of enlightenment or God-consciousness or self-realization. There's a lot of words for it and names for it. Various gurus through the years have been celebrated as having the power to do that with just a touch or a look, being able to awaken what is called the Kundalini. And I need to define some terms here because the Kundalini is a word in Hinduism for supposedly a coiled energy at the base of the spine that is in a dormant condition. And through chanting mantras, through meditation, Through asanas and pranayama, which are breathing exercises and the hatha yoga exercises, that coiled energy, that kundalini, which means serpent power, can be awakened and it travels up through the spine, according to Hindu lore, and then goes to the crown chakra, and that's when a person achieves God consciousness. Well, what really happens? when all of this supposedly takes place. I know when I was involved in yoga, way back in 1970, that was the goal. The goal was to achieve God consciousness through the awakening of the Kundalini. Some gurus were very famous as having the ability to do that in an instant, what would normally take years, decades, even lifetimes, supposedly according to their teaching. And one of them was Swami Muktananda. And a dear friend of mine, Michael Graham, studied under Muktananda for over 20 years. In fact, he lived at his ashram in India. And Michael's testimony is right on our website, uh, thetruelight.net, under stories, written stories, you can read about it. And he's also got a video presentation of it. And he had this experience of Shaktipat, where Muktananda imparted to him this awakening of the Kundalini, which has to do with Shakti energy. And I'm going to explain that in just a moment. But you also need to understand what's really happening when this takes place. So anyway, in the True Light book, In Search of the True Light, I talk about Muktananda and how he claimed to have this experience imparted to him from someone else. And it's found on page 227 under what really is the Kundalini. That's the name of this particular section. And Muktananda said this, uh, according to his own account. He uh, met a Hindu holy man who was sitting on a pile of human excreta. I suppose that was supposed to aid him in understanding the temporal condition of the flesh and and maybe getting beyond the physical into the spiritual or something like that. But anyhow, he's sitting on a pile of human excreta and he's meditating. And this Hindu holy man invited Muktananda to come and sit on his lap and lick his head. Okay. Then the ascetic proceeded to initiate Muktananda into kundalini yoga. And later that day, he explained, and these are Muktananda's words, he said, my mind seemed deluded. I felt I would soon become insane. My entire body started aching, and the tongue began to move down the throat, and all attempts to pull it out failed. My fear grew. I felt a severe pain in the knot below the navel. I tried to shout, but could not even articulate. Next, I saw ugly and dreadful demon-like figures. I thought them to be evil spirits. Suddenly, I saw a large ball of light approaching me from the front. It merged into my head. I was terrified by that powerful, dazzling light. And then supposedly he experienced the awakening of the Kundalini and entering into God consciousness. And he had this ability to transfer to others like that ascetic on the pile of human excreta transferred it to him. Well, what really happened? I have to be blunt about it. What happened was a transfer of a demonic power. Muktananda who probably had a sincere heart to find truth, to find ultimate reality, instead came under a demonic influence, and then the rest of his life, he was used to impart that demonic influence to other people. And that's really going to be the focus of what I talk about on this podcast, and that's impartation, demonic impartation. Now, I mentioned the word Shakti, because that experience of the awakening of the Kundalini, the serpent power, and really that should put up a red flag for people, because biblically, a serpent is a symbol of evil. Now, in the New Age, a serpent is a symbol of esoteric wisdom, because the serpent introduced Adam and Eve to wisdom that was being withheld from them, supposedly. But uh, in, in Hinduism, it's quite different. All right. Shakti is supposed to be the feminine aspect of this infinite energy that is representative of ultimate reality or a way of describing ultimate reality. There's a male aspect and a female aspect of this level of consciousness, and the male aspect is Shiva, which is the god of destruction in Hinduism, and the female aspect is is Shakti. Some pronounce it Sakti, And when a person meditates and they have this experience, or when Shaktipat takes place, and this dormant power at the base of the spine, like a serpent in serpentine fashion, goes up the spine, then Shakti, the feminine aspect, merges with Shiva, the masculine aspect of the divine the feminine and masculine aspect of God. Then they merge together in this universal energy, and a person supposedly achieves self-realization, which is a realization that the self, the individual soul, Atman, is actually a manifestation of God, which is the absolute extreme opposite of the truth absolutely the opposite of the truth. We are not God. And that's a lie that was told in the garden or something very similar that was told to Adam and Eve in the garden. Now, Michael Graham, and he talks about it in his book that we published and also in his testimony, experienced that transfer from Muktananda. What happened to Michael Graham? It was a transfer of a demon that came from the ascetic on the pile of human excreta, to Muktananda, to Michael Graham. And then Michael Graham became a very renowned teacher of the avatar course, and also he was a well-respected yoga teacher. And he was transferring that same spirit to others until he was born again and washed in the blood of Jesus. Well, see, this takes me to a much wider scenario, Of understanding what's really going on in this world. Let me take you all the way back to the beginning, to Genesis. Remember what happened when Eve partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and when she coerced Adam into doing the same thing. Instead of being under the influence of the Spirit of God, they came under the influence of the spirit of Satan. And let me read a passage of scripture that describes how that then was passed from Adam and Eve down to the entire human race. Actually, I'm going to give you two passages of scripture, starting with Ephesians chapter 1, verse, or chapter 2, rather, verses 1 through 4. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's a name for Satan, the prince of the power of the air. He doesn't rule in hell as he's depicted so often. He's not even there. He is, uh, he's in a spiritual realm beyond the level of our ability to see but it's in a dimension, if you will. I call it the second heaven, as described in the Bible, where there's a lot of angelic and demonic conflict. Well, he's the prince of the power of the air. And then watch this next line. It says he's, it's the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience and the children of disobedience. Let me go through that again. You he made alive, talking about those who are born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, you he made alive who were once dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, the sons of disobedience, among whom all we Uh, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, quickened us together, or made us alive together with Christ. What an amazing thing. Well, how can Satan have global influence? Because it's said that the prince of the power of the air is the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience and the children of disobedience. Well, of course, the whole globe is surrounded with people who are yielded to that dark influence. So does that mean Satan is omnipresent? No. Satan can only be in one place at one time. Only God is omnipresent. But He influenced a number of demons. We don't really know how many, uh, and they weren't initially demons. They were angels that fell when he fell. Some people say a third of the angels. That's metaphorically depicted in Revelation chapter 12, where Satan is depicted as a great red dragon and his tail cast down a third of the stars of heaven. And so some people interpret that to mean a third of the angels fell We can't prove that. It's not clearly spoken in scripture, but it's implied through that symbolic story. But anyway, they, those demonic powers that fell under his influence, came under his spirit. The satanic corrupt character passed to all those fallen angels or demons under his authority and under his influence, and they went global to influence the human race. And then through demonic forces that cover every continent, human beings are influenced by the darkness of the character of Satan that coerced and seduced Adam and Eve in the very beginning. So can you see how a transfer of spirit goes from one to one to one to many? It went from Satan to Eve to Adam, and then Romans 5.12 says, therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. So it goes on to talk about how one man came under this dark influence, but then it, it went through him to contaminate the whole human race with sin, a sin nature. We're born with a sin nature. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. And so this dark, fallen nature is something that comes to us at birth. Again, let me emphasize from Satan to Adam and Eve, and from Adam and Eve to all their offspring. And that's how people who were intended to be children of light and children of God, became children of darkness and children of Satan. It's a transfer of spirits. That's going on all the time. It happens through music. It happens through television. It happens through video games. All the time, any conduit the enemy can find to transfer false spiritual beliefs, false spiritual influences, that's exactly what the strategy is to contaminate the offspring of Adam and Eve to get us as far away from God as possible, and there's some blatant ways it happens, like for instance, this year at the uh, this past year at the two thousand twenty two Birmingham Commonwealth Games in the u k they had a raging red bull, and I know the bull was a mascot for the game, and so it could be it could be described as just being a, uh, a non spiritual thing altogether, but I believe there were people, especially since there was a whole crowd around that raging bull worshiping the bull, that were trying to permeate the atmosphere with Baal like worship. And I think there was some spirits involved in that. I believe there were evil spirits. The atmosphere was rife with it. And vulnerable people were influenced. Now, someone who's born again and blood washed and has discernment and has understanding also has a filter. And you can see things like that and it doesn't penetrate, doesn't permeate because you're able to resist it. You have a like a barrier between you. You can see what happened at the Grammys. And you can see how how Sam Smith was dressed up like Satan and all those around him like demonic beings, all dressed in red. And red is the color of anger and lust, or it can be used to represent that. And yes, uh, it, it was a horrible thing. It was a terrible thing. Why? Because I believe there were demonic presences involved while they were singing that song, Unholy. Now, am I being hateful toward Sam Smith and Kim Petrus because they did that? No, my heart hurts for them. They're human beings that Jesus died for when he died on the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that love that he felt for the entire human race when he was on the cross was love extended to people like Sam Smith, like Kim Petras, that are groping through life, trying to find their way, mixed up and messed up, just like I was over 50 years ago. But then I found Jesus, and I pray for them that they will find Jesus. But in their presentation at the Grammys of that song, I believe there was, here's the word again, an impartation of demonic spirits, so that vulnerable people that don't have that buffer zone, so to speak. They don't have that barrier, that protection, that discernment, that conviction, that shield of the presence of God in their lives, can look at that and somehow be penetrated by it, and maybe days or weeks or months later, feel an effect from that evil. And that happens, again, all the time. It happens in numerous ways. It happens through music. Be careful what songs, what music, what bands you listen to. You may be opening a door to the demonic. It happens with television programs. Be careful what you watch on TV. Because some of the programs are really Witchcraft 101, teaching people how to flow in illegitimate spiritual power. It's coming at you from all directions even in different ways, like sexual predators that prey on little children uh, in uh, both homosexual and heterosexual ways. There's an impartation of the demonic when that takes place, when little children are subjected to horrible things that they should never face. That's still an impartation. Now, let me give you the classic biblical example of an impartation that took place not from a human to a human, but from a human to animals. And then I'm going to close. It's found in Mark chapter 5, and this is where Jesus came to a man who was dwelling in the tombs and cutting himself. Sometimes cutters may not realize it, but that self-hatred, that self-loathing, or whatever motivates them to slice their bodies may come from a demonic power that has an agenda against them. And, and you need Jesus. You need Jesus to deliver you from that, that, that mindset that thinks you can relieve some kind of pain emotionally by doing that. But anyway, Legion was among the tombs, and he was cutting himself and attacking passersby. And Jesus came to him and said, Come out of that man, you unclean spirit. And then he asked him, what is your name? And the response was, my name is Legion, for we are many. Notice he said we, plural pronoun, because when there are spirits involved in a person's life, sometimes those spirits can become so dominant, they have a shift in personality altogether. All right, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine were feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. They didn't want to go into the, the, the outer darkness ahead of time. And Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And there were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled. And they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion of demons sitting and clothed in his right mind. They were afraid and they begged Jesus to leave their country, to leave that area, to leave their region. Can you imagine God in a human form visits them and delivers an insane person from demonic influence and that supernatural deliverance frighten them? I pray God gives such supernatural deliverances to people that have been overcome by demonic powers that it strikes fear in the hearts of people around you, that they will know that they will know that had to be God. Well, that was all about transference of spirits. And that's how we went from Shaktipat all the way to the Grammys, because it's all about the prince of the power of the air extending his influence in this world.